Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Friday, the 10th of March in London. Coming up today... Don't bank on it. SVB's cash crunch sends financial stocks into a tailspin. Russia's dirty laundry. The UK government suspects British firms are being used to exploit the war in Ukraine for financial gain. Entente cordiale. Sunak heads to Paris to meet with Macron as relations ease. Deloitte boss mocks EY breakup chaos. Londoners' mortgage struggles and Musk plans a Texas utopia. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, East London finds itself on the right side of the tracks as Crossrail gives cheaper commuter towns a boost. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Top executives at Silicon Valley Bank are urging CAM as prominent venture capitalists advise businesses to withdraw their money. Peter Thiel's Founders Fund and others say companies should now limit their exposure to the startup lender. Quill Intelligence CEO and Chief Strategist Danielle DiMartino Booth says markets are worried. The market has now begun asking two questions. Will there be a white knight? And what bank is next? So we've seen the largest move in spreads since last October. We're seeing small and mid-sized banks coming under attack. And people are beginning to ask how many banks are out there with similar levels of losses that they're sitting on that they cannot move. Now, the turmoil De Martino Booth spoke of there followed a surprise announcement from Silicon Valley Bank that it was holding a two and a quarter billion dollar share sale after a significant loss on its portfolio. The lender scrambled to prevent a bank run comes as Silvergate Capital announced plans to wind down operations after last year's crypto industry meltdown. Well, the sentiment on Wall Street soured on that news, of course. The S&P 500 Financials Index saw its worst day since the COVID pandemic meltdown. Bank of America, Wells Fargo and JP Morgan Chase all slid at least 5%. Ironically, many equity investors had piled into financial stocks to ride out the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes. Threadneedle founder Anne Berry adds that today's jobs data could change the picture even more. I think it's completely discombobulated and I, I think that we're going to see the market just hang in limbo until we see those numbers come out and they will dictate whether we expect a 25 or 50% basis point hike. If we see a very strong labour market set of data come out tomorrow and as a result, you know, the Fed's been very clear they're going to be hawkish, I think we're going to see a real cratering in equity values going mm-hmm. into the, the last couple of weeks of this quarter. 
Okay, well, cratering. Um, now, market watchers like Berry have one eye on the data today and another on potential defaults. Here in the UK, the government suspects Russians have exploited Britain's loose company register to launder war money. Sources told Bloomberg that law enforcement agencies have identified hundreds of sham companies listed under Russian nationals. They add that the companies are trying to exploit the war in Ukraine for financial gain. The British government is in the process of strengthening laws to reforms, reform companies' house and clamp down on financial crime. French President Emmanuel Macron and the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will aim to turn the page on years of acrimonious relations later today. With more now from Paris, here's our UK correspondent Lizzie Burden. Here in the city of romance, France and Britain will today try to rekindle theirs as UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak heads to Paris for the first such state visit in five years after seven years of post-Brexit acrimony. On the agenda will be defence, migration, nuclear power and green subsidies. But above all, as Russia looks on, the two sides are determined to present a united front on the war in Ukraine. In Paris, I'm Lizzie Burden, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. A New York judge has ordered JP Morgan to turn over more records from CEO Jamie Dimon to the US Virgin Islands. The order is related to a lawsuit accusing the bank of facilitating Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. JP Morgan has denied the Virgin Islands claim that Dimon had a role in retaining Epstein as a client. The latest news comes after the US lender sued former executive Jess Daly, whose relationship with Epstein is the focus of the lawsuit. Right, those are a few of our top stories this morning. Look, we are tracking the SVB story in depth and we'll discuss it uh, in just a moment with our tech and startups editor uh, who follows the scene in San Francisco so closely for us. But just a word on some lighter news this morning that I was reading about. The new Caroline, not Stephen. obsessed by property prices. Do you live in London by any chance? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> such a Brit. I'm such a Londoner. What can I say? London's uh, most in-spot, apparently, is now Romford, Gidea Park and Harold Wood. Do you uh, know why? Uh, well, I can I can stab a guess. That's not an but, expression. Anyway, is it to do with the Elizabeth line? It is. The rather luxurious, the, the, the speedy and the extremely quiet Elizabeth line has really kind of shrunk the distances in London. And so this part of London that is way east, um, that has been pretty cheap and not all that popular, is now incredibly accessible to the city and to to, to central London. Mm. So apparently house prices there are hot. Yeah, the median price for an existing home in Havering uh, was £462,000 in November. That's compared to £417,000 a year earlier. So a pretty big jump there. The only other borough that saw double-digit house price rises in the same period was the one next next door, Barking and Dagenham. Mm, yes, absolutely. Okay, and there's a really nice piece about this on the Bloomberg Terminal, of course. Right, so let's move on, though, and talk about the banking story that is ripping through these global markets. Fears over the financial health of uh, Silicon Valley Bank have sent bank stocks tumbling and depositors considering their holdings at the lender that is, of course, favoured by startups. Bloomberg's uh, tech and startups editor Anne Vandermeer joins us now for more from San Francisco. Really good to have you uh, on the programme this morning. Now, tell us first of all, though, what exactly happened to SVB? Well, uh, it started on Wednesday uh, when Silicon Valley Bank said it was taking steps to shore up capital, uh, citing losses from the larger tech downturn. Now, Silicon Valley Bank is a favourite among tech startups, and those tech startups have really been struggling in recent months. So, 
uh, this ignited panic and on Thursday, uh, people in the tech industry really started worrying, and some venture firms even told their portfolio companies to pull the money out of the bank. And that, of course, just made things worse. How then, on has this rippled through the market, and, and how bad is this sell-off? The sell-off was quite severe. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank shares fell about 60% on Thursday, which is almost $10 billion in market value. Um, they then fell another 30% in after-hours trading. And this was bad news for the whole industry. Uh, Every bank in the S&P Financials Index was down on Thursday, and uh, the index had its worst day since mid-2020. People are clearly wondering if this is the start of a bigger problem. Okay, so how is Silicon Valley reacting? What may happen to SVB next? There was a general panic in startup circles today. Uh, Message boards were lighting up. People were texting each other. They were calling each other. A lot of people were asking, uh, should we pull our money out of Silicon Valley Bank? Um, Maybe the most significant thing here is that many venture capital firms were advising their portfolio companies to take cash out of the bank on Thursday. Um, These firms include uh, high-profile ones like uh, Peter Thiel's Founders Fund, Tribe Capital, and Union Square Ventures. And does this compare to anything that we've seen before in Silicon Valley? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, you know, people are comparing it to previous crashes, but we really don't know, you know, what, what is happening yet. Uh, a lot of, you know, the CEO of the bank, for example, came on to a phone call with investors early in the morning uh, on, in San Francisco and basically asked people to, to stay calm and said that the bank is not in danger there are some venture capitalists out there, you know, who, who aren't panicking and who are saying, you know, we should stay stay with the bank, keep mm-hmm. your business there and everything will be fine. Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's quite interesting to note Bill Ackman's comments, isn't it? Pershing Square's founder. I mean, he sent a tweet out saying the failure of SVB Financial could destroy an important long-term driver of the economy as VC-backed companies rely on SVB for loans and holding their operating cash. So he's sort of um, encouraging uh, perhaps some kind of US government intervention, uh, a bailout potentially of SVB Financial. That's certainly his input on this story. Yeah, this is certainly the story that markets are watching today. Anne Vandermeer in San Francisco, thank you so much for joining us with your insights there and how Silicon Valley uh, is reacting. Obviously, there are a lot of people who are worried about what potential knock-on effects this could have. And of course, in, in such, you know, the, the centre of, of startup world, hearing hearing some of those reactions there from Anne, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And remember Greg Becker, the SVB financial uh, CEO, saying on Thursday, you know, really trying to kind of quash the concerns around the bank, recommending customers stay calm. Um, that was uh, reported as, as his stance in trying to kind of shore up confidence. But it is a story we will track for you here on Bloomberg Radio throughout the morning. Up next, Deloitte boss mocks EY breakup chaos, Londoners' mortgage struggles, and Musk plans a Texas utopia. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. So joining us this morning is Bluebeck's Leanne Gerens. Leanne, good morning. Another twist in the story around EY. The Telegraph has the headline, Deloitte Boss Mocks EY for Breakup Chaos. This is uh, Project Everest out of EY, the idea of kind of splitting the organisation. What's Deloitte saying? Well, Caroline, we spoke about this yesterday and here's another twist and turn, as you've just said. So Deloitte's newly appointed CEO made this thinly veiled critical criticism and comments in a 20-minute video message published on the company's website. And that was yesterday. Now, Joe Zucker... Zoclu, I hope I've said it right. We just went through it earlier, Stephen and I, did mention his rival EY by name, but spoke about the logic of separation. So he didn't actually say who he was talking about. Mm. He just kind of alluded to the separation and he talked about his peer set. Now, this unusual move comes yesterday, Caroline, after the Telegraph reported that EY had shelved a crucial vote on breaking itself up after this constant infighting and backlash from partners, as you said, over Project Everest, which is the breakup plan. And the pause is largely down to this big rift between the company's US partners about how much of the tax division would be kept inside the auditing business. Mm. Now, yesterday, bosses of EY, one of the big full accountancy firms, really attempted to sort of dampen down this rhetoric and reassure employees that the deal would still be pushed through despite the bitter infighting. So they're saying, listen, this is just a pause. Things will move forward when things settle down and we find out some of the kinks. And Deloitte also took the opportunity yesterday to hail its own strategy for its overhaul. Mm. So there we are, thinly veiled comments by the appointed CEO. But like I said, he didn't even mention the rival's name, but everyone knew who he was talking about. Right, right, rivals indeed, and and I'm sure uh, interesting to see how Deloitte is reacting to the changes that are underway at EY. Let's go to the Financial Times next, Leanne, which says that Londoners are more likely to struggle with mortgages than the rest of the UK. Yeah, and this is according to the Financial Conduct Authority, Stephen, and it says Londoners and people actually living in South East England are 55% more likely to struggle to pay their mortgages. Now, the latest data released earlier says those living in other areas of the UK just won't be facing the same fate. And this highlights the really uneven effect of the cost of living crisis that Mm. we're seeing in two different parts of the country. And the findings highlight the vulnerability vulnerability of living standards in London and that's due to high housing costs. We do get paid more here in London is basically what this article's saying but once our mortgage goes out and once our energy bills go out we do not have the same disposable income as they possibly have in different parts of the country but good news is the picture on at-risk mortgages nationwide has improved since last autumn which is 
due to the latest data calculated on the expectations that interest rates will now peak at 4.5% right. instead of 5.5%. But once again, really highlighting the divide and the cost of living in London and the southeast of England. Okay, very interesting. A Texas utopia for Elon Musk, Wall Street Journal headline. Yeah, this is another vision from Elon Musk, and that is to build his own town on part of thousands of acres of newly purchased farmland in Austin in Texas. Now, people familiar with the project say Musk and his top executives want his Austin area employees, including workers at Boring, Tesla and SpaceX, to be able to live in new homes with low market rents. We've just been talking about rent. I know it's here. This is the other side of the pond almost. Hmm. Now, the planned town will be adjacent to Boring and SpaceX facilities, which are now under construction. And basically, like I said, the site will have these modular homes on it. Right now, the site has a pool, outdoor sports area and a gym facility. But in order to go through with this plan to build this utopia, under Texas law, a town needs at least 200 one residence before submitting a final plan. Then it needs approval from a county judge. The county judge hasn't received an application from Musk and that's according to a spokeswoman. Mm -hmm. So this is all chitter-chatter that's happening. (laughs) We have to wait for those plans to actually be submitted. Before we make moving plans. Before we make moving plans. Before I pack my bag and go and live on a (laughs) utopia in Texas. But you know something? This reminds me of somehow a little mining town in Africa I grew up in. This is what they do. They build modular homes around the businesses. They pay for rent. They subsidise it. And, and you're, you're always available. close to your workplace. And you're available for you're consultation available. if needed. Yeah. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.